I'm going to do the sound of opening this bottle because this sound is incredible. I want to do some Foley work. You hear that? What up, film fans? This is Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 87. 87. We're back, y'all. This episode, we'll be reviewing American fiction. Editors, they want a black book. They have a black book. I'm black, and it's my book. You know what I mean. Maestro. Hello, I'm Lenny. Hello, Felicia. And Poor Things. This is Bella. Bye, bye. Bella, this is Mr. McCandles. Hello, Bella. The Oscar edition. A little special mention of Salt Burn just because. Absolutely. It's all about films. Yeah. Welcome back, Tawana. Good to see you, girl. Good to see you. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy Black History Month. Happy birthday. I'm happy birthday. Happy Black History Month. Happy happy belated birthday to me. Yes. Happy birthday. <laughs> um, but yeah, unfortunately, life is life, and so yes, we missed an episode. So we are so so sorry. We're back though. But we're back, and um, and we're black. And, and we're, we're here. Black, <laughs> and it's, sure. it's Black History Month, and um, we are making mention of some films that I think are are, are important. But also for me, uh, my drink is important to I think Black History Month. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So what are you drinking today, Tawana? So I'm having big surprise beer. Um, beer, beer. <laughs> okay, beer. But <laughs> a little bit of beer. What I'm having is called curate. So it's it's a collaboration um, between a black-owned beer company in L.A. called Crown and & Hops and Allagas, which is, I believe, black, well, white-owned, but mm-hmm. it's in Portland, Maine. Okay. So the thing of it is, is Cure 8 blends this sort of crisp flavor of Crowns and Hops, eight trill pills, with notes of basically caramel, vanilla, oak from Allagasses. Um, see if I can pronounce this right because it's in French. It's um, Curo. So basically, uh, Curo is French for curious, uh, and it's spelled C U R I E U X. But the drink is curate, like I said. It was sort of born of this mutual desire for progress. This collaboration between Crown and Hops and Allagas is a celebration of shared passions for brewing, innovation, and creating more opportunities for the Black community in and around the craft beer industry. Oh, that's cool. And so they created this because, you know, uh, Crown and Hops, who have visited um, Harlem Hops here in Harlem, uh, so check them out because they also have some Crown and Hop brews. Uh, I think they have one on tap and they, they sell some cans. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's hard. It's pretty hard to get crown and hops in New York. 
because they're so far west. Right. And where'd you find this one? I found this at Whole Foods. Oh. Because another, another Black History Month little shout out here. <laughs> Whole Foods has black made beers on sale. All right. So go over there. All the beers that are on sale are made by black brewers. I think, I don't know if that's just in Harlem, but that's a shout out to Whole Foods for even doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the, the the deal with this is the proceeds from the sale of this beer go to the 8 Trill Initiative, which is a development fund with the goal of achieving racial equity in craft beer. All right, we're going to go get some more. Yeah, buy some and more. also Crown & Hops is also woman-owned. It's a man and a woman. They're partners. Oh, that's cool. In the ownership of this uh, beer company. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're building, if they haven't already finished it, a brewery uh, in California. Oh, nice. Um, they're LA-based, from what I understand. Uh, and they're pretty cool. If you Google them or um, Instagram, TikTok, they're all over social media. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they're really big about community. So I'm very happy to support them. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and like I said, you know, they've got some really interesting notes in here that intrigued me because uh, the Curex uh, brew is a bourbon barrel aged triple ale. And so they blended the Pilsner and the bourbon barrel aged triple together. And you get this. And and what you're getting is um, you're getting like a crispness. You're getting you're getting a. Uh, uh, it, you're getting the crispness of a pills, right? And you're getting the 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 base, the the depth of a triple ale. And you know, uh, description maybe cloudy, bright bright yellow body. You'll see this on the on our Instagram. You know, nice. two fingers, good good head, good foam. Um, it's pretty farmhouse pilsner like. Uh, you can do the oak and the the fruitiness. Uh, when I was reading, it said it had a little lemon, a little pear, a little zest of orange that met the grains and hops forward uh, Pilsner in your nose. So like when you take a nice dig, big, so when you crack the, the can, you take a nice big inhale of the, of the aroma of the beer. Mm-hmm. And that's what you get. But the taste is, is much of the same, um, less fruity, more malty, um, and it has like, you know, it's got this, like I said, this sort of crispy taste. It's very clean on the palate. Um, you don't get heavy barrel vanilla, but there is notes in there that make it a heavier Pilsner. Okay. At the same time, oddly enough, the oxymoron of it is that it is crisp on the taste. This would be a good summer beer too, I think. A good it spring. definitely gave me, it gave me uh, that summer feel. Yeah, it, it gave me very refreshing. Yes, gave me good spring, good summer feels. I mean, there was a, it was hard to choose because <laughs> they had some good black beers that I've been really interested in. Like Moore's is this brewing company out of um, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Of and course, all that was in Whole Foods? All Whole Foods. Um, they had uh, um, uh, 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 Montgomery, mm-hmm. which is um, Montclair. I'm sorry, Montclair Brewery, which is a brewery in Montclair that I've had before. Yeah, in New show, Jersey. Mm-hmm. In New Jersey, woman-owned, black-owned, husband and wife. Uh, I believe they're African, Ghana. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then they have Harlem Hops, 
um, collaboration beers are over there. They've got a couple. They have Harlem Brew, which is black woman owned. Right. Um, I'm trying to think. They had a few. Anyway. Well, that's good. Yeah, a nice selection. If you're in town and you want to try these out, I know for sure. Um, Hopefuls has them in Harlem. Check out your local Harlem. I mean, your local Harlem. You check out your local Hopefuls. Maybe they have them there too. Uh, but definitely, I, I enjoyed it and I like it and I like what they do as a company. The can is pretty dope, um, and I love the collab. So keep doing. Oh, they have Black is Beautiful at. Uh, oh, I like that at mm-hmm. at Whole Foods too. But keep doing this because there are more than just one set of people doing beer. Yes. Women are doing beer. Yes, Black people are doing beer. Latin people are doing beer. Asians are doing beer. Yep. There are so many. I'm sure there's some indigenous people doing beer. Mm-hmm. I don't know about them, but if you do, feel free. Hashtag BBM podcast. In fact, I saw a woman an episode on uh, Saturday morning on CBS, and they showed Iranian women doing oh, yeah. beer from their traditional recipes from oh, back yeah. in the day when they were allowed to yeah. make beer in that country. Yeah. But they took the recipe. Now that they're in America, they took the recipes and they're making them in America. I'm gonna have to look that up. And Iranian, it was a wow! Fascinating story about yeah. how they how they did it. That's interesting. One, how they got the recipes out of the country, and two, yeah. how they were able to talk about it. But right. they were able to talk about it publicly in the now U.S. They are in he, the, over there, they would they're yeah. not even allowed to drink alcohol, much no, less make it. Mm-hmm. So it was, and and then there, the fact that they're it's a women owned business. Wow. It, which is absolutely unheard of too. So it was a very interesting story. Send me that. I'll link find you a link to that because it was it was That's very powerful. Cool. Yeah. And um, they have images of women on the covers of the cans. Yeah. So um, you know, just like like Tawana said, there's a lot of opportunity out there there's for different kinds of products and services. And you know, we all make everything. Yeah, and there's women-owned businesses all over New York in terms of um, uh, breweries. You have Talia. You have Harlem Hops is uh, owned by three people. Two of them are black women. Yeah. Um, it's black owned. One black man, two black women. Yeah. Um, then they have, um, I think Big Alice is owned by a woman. Um, we'll shout out some more because so we got March because we're going to celebrate Women's yeah, History Month in March. Month, so. so we'll bring out um, some more. Yeah. Brown Girls Brew, which mm-hmm. we've had on here. Yeah. She's a Harlem. She's a Harlem resident. So we need to see if she can come on for the. She's got one at Harlem Hops right now called uh, Banana Pudding Hefeweizen. I'm excited about that. I was tossed between picking this and picking that, but I'll save that for next month's show because <laughs> that that sounds delicious. That sounds good to me. But anyway, I've taken enough. What do you got, Vaughn? <laughs> well, I don't have as much to wax fantastic about with that, but it was uh, what I decided because I've been looking for this for a very long time. I finally got a bottle of Woodford Reserves Double Oaked. And it is so good. Double Oak. Very tasty. And it's the the double oak process is literally putting your the whiskey in two barrels. So you first put it in the in the charred barrel, the darker barrel, and then mm-hmm. you in the second part of the process, you put it in the the lighter charred the, in the lighter charred barrel, which brings out the softer, sweeter oak character mm-hmm. when it's less charred. So it it is just fantastic. It's it's ninety proof. It has a beautiful color. It's this beautiful deep amber color that I just absolutely love. I, I just can't stop looking at it as I drink it. Um, yeah, you're so very my, much in love with this. Yeah, I am, and it's gonna. I'm gonna keep some on the bar now. It has to be added into the bar. 
you know, with some notes, uh, dark fruit, caramel, a very sharp honey, chocolate, marzipan. And, marzipan. Uh, yeah, marzipan and, and toasted oak that, that all kind of come out. The taste I get definitely, and they talk about it here, you know, you have vanilla, you have dark caramel, hazelnut, you can definitely taste, uh, apple, fruit, and then it's spicy. Wow, it's got a lot. And and I really, really just, and I get a butterscotch taste mm-hmm. to it almost. So I really would recommend you finding some of this. <laughs> you will not be disappointed. It's definitely smooth. Not be disappointed. I am drinking it neat. It is smooth. I don't want it. I don't want to disturb the flavor of mixing it with anything right now. As I'm, I'm just learning to get the taste of it. But I could really see it in a nice Manhattan or even an old fashioned on their website on Woodford Reserve's website. Mm. They have a a recipe for a uh, maple syrup, um, old fashioned which would have maple syrup in it as a, the sweetener and oh, chocolate and chocolate bitters. And then for your rim, instead of using an orange peel for your rim, they recommend using a uh, ruby red grapefruit rim just for the essence of the oils onto the cocktail. Right. I, I highly recommend this drink. You know, depending on where you are in the country, you can get it for different prices anywhere from your 50s and up. So... If you need a good bourbon to add to your bar, I definitely recommend this. This is one of those things where you sit back and you have a drink. I could see myself having a nice cigar with it. Nicaraguan cigar. I could just, I could almost taste it right now. And so I definitely recommend that. And, um, you know, sometimes you got to have, a sipping bourbon. Sometimes you need a cocktail bourbon. Sometimes you need a hot toddy bourbon. Sometimes you need a punch bourbon. They are all different kinds of bourbon. So that's why sometimes when you need something just to sip nicely or with ice, like our producer over here, Will, is enjoying over on the rocks. He's he enjoying, enjoying it. Yes, he's enjoying it with a great smile on his face. And by the way, he's dressed like an Oscar. So He is dressed like an Oscar. I'm, I'm loving the gold <laughs> We're outfit. loving it. Yes, yeah, so... Cheers to you, Will. And uh, like I said, keep drinking, folks, and uh, keep drawing, enjoying good beverages. And we're here to tell you all about them. So like I said, there'll be more coming. So look forward to that. So uh, let's talk about some industry news, Tawana. Sure. What's up right now? I don't know. Oscars. Oscars. <laughs> Award season. Award season's almost done, actually. Yep. Tops off with the Oscars. The Oscars. Live Sunday, March 10th at a new time on ABC. So I'm um, not sure if anyone's following or knows what's going on, but uh, Oscars are out. Nominations have been released. Some controversy has, has commenced. Oh, yeah. Always as, does. As it always does. But <clears throat> we'll just do a quick overall of like the top awards. Nothing crazy. Yeah. We'll do nominations for Best Picture uh, or, sorry, American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Thing, The Zone of Interest. Best Actress, this is um, probably where, uh, what's her name? Margot Robbie got snubbed. Yeah, uh, Annette Bening, mm-hmm. Fanayad, Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Huller for Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, 
and Emma Stone for Poor Things. Heavy hitters in yes, that lineup. Very much so. All right. And best actors are Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, Cillian Murphy, Oppenheimer, Jeffrey Wright, American Fiction. And the best supporting actresses are Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks for The Color Purple, America Fiera, and the only actor nominated woman um, mm-hmm. for Barbie, uh, Jodie Foster for Nyad, and Divine Joy Rudolph for The Holdovers. The best supporting actors are Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction, Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, and High Marks for Mark Ruffalo and Poor Things. And the rest you can find online. I yes, just I just needed you to have the actors in the, yeah. so the best have, picture. So when you start your pools, because there'll be pools. So uh, there will get be ready. pools. There will be some good pools. But um, so yeah, so so we've seen I guess most of these, and we've reviewed uh, a good handful of these. Yeah. Um, and as we said, there's a little bit of controversy because most of Barbie got wiped out for director and actress, right? I think they might have gotten for, um, and they got for, excuse me, they got for Ken for best uh, and best supporting, but that was it. And so I guess people, feel, and they got best um, adapted screenplay. So I guess people fill away. So sorry. But what I'm saying is they were going to knock somebody out in contention at some point. But what I think is, this made that studio the most money they have ever made in yeah. their whole incarnation. It's made over a billion dollars. So, cry not. Uh, what's her name again? Um, I forget her name. He's talking about the director. Yes, Greta. Yes, Greta Gerwig. And so, um, and Saltburn got ignored too. And, so, one of my favorite movies of the year. It's still my favorite movie of the year so far, even though all the other things we have seen, I it's, hands down. But um, you also, know that's also the thing with awards. That's the thing about movies. You know, one they're all subjective. People like different things for different reasons. And I think there was a lot of. I think she was also being punished in a way. She and Margot because there was political undertones with Barbie. Oh yeah. That I think you know certain people did not want that to succeed, but they couldn't stop it at the box office. And that's one thing for sure. People went to see the movie all over the world. Yeah. And so. That's one thing you can't stop a vision when it's moving. It's it's, a, it's like a train; you can't stop it. Absolutely, there was a, a ton of movies. Oh, I'm I misspoke. <clears throat> I said Greta did promise a woman. No, she didn't. Emerald did promise a woman. Though Emerald Green, the woman who directed Saltburn. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know that that by itself was a, a major undertaking. That film was incredible. Saltburn. Yes. <clears throat> Tremendous. Tremendously done. Um, she's definitely a great writer and filmmaker, and she's got a lot to go. She's got a lot of room to grow. She's young, and she's doing some really interesting, bold choice. Right, right. <clears throat> choices in her work. And, you know, I'm happy that they're acknowledging the work of Rustin and, and what Wolf wanted that film to be and how it represents the life of, you know, Rayard, um can't get his name out of my brain. Bayard. Bayard Rustin right now. It represents his life and how he was almost literally wiped out of history, you know, and he was the the mastermind behind the 
great March on Washington. So I think that it takes film is a powerful medium. And I think that it, it gets to tell stories that a lot of times these stories would not be told and you wouldn't hear about them. Um, the flower moon mm-hmm. killers of the killers flower of moon the flower is moon. another story that needed to be told. And, Absolutely. and you know, it, they amplify situations in, in, historical references and also current situations that mm-hmm. you know these stories need to be told and mm-hmm. everybody needs to be represented in film and and television and i think that it's important that we get that we have these opportunities and, and just everything shouldn't be based on an award an award is just an accomplishment and you yeah. know an acknowledgement of your great work but there's there's a lot of work that yeah. never gets acknowledged absolutely and greta has done big work before like mm-hmm. Lady Bird. And, and she'll continue and like to that. do and it. And she'll continue to do big work. And um, this is not the last. So, And whom I'm really proud of is Margot. Margot yeah. Robbie. Margot is she tremendous. is going to be unstoppable. And she has such a long career beyond her acting career. Yeah, she's also a grand producer. Too. She is a businesswoman. Mm-hmm. Do not get it twisted. She is going to be making money for a long time. And, you know, good for her. Good and creating her. great work. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I honestly... <clears throat> very very rarely am I disappointed by a Margot Robbie film. I yeah, think I've, I've never seen anything that I was like, oh my God. That Harley. She was so good. I ain't like that. But she other than so that, good. that but Harley she, movie. She, she owned made. it. She still owned it. She owned it. Yes, for sure. She owned it. I just, mm, not for me. But it was a big woman. Like it was big, heavily women driven. So mm-hmm. yay to her. Always making good stuff. And a full cast of women in her, the last one. So, like I said, that's that's the kind of thing that's going to happen. She's going to keep doing good work, and you know, and I know you're going to have Christopher Nolan's going to do well, but Christopher Nolan's going to do well, and I think, I think separately the actors are going to do well. Separate from that, mm-hmm. um, in a variety of films, right? Um, so, because there are so many good, good nominated uh, films up there, and good nominated uh, performances. Do you have a best picture pick? Hmm. Best picture. I mean, if I'm being honest, just based off what I think they're going to give them, I think that they're going to give it to Oppenheimer, to be honest. Um, What do I think is the best picture out of all of those? Hmm. Let's see. Hmm. That is a thought. <laughs> did I stump you? You did stump me a little bit. So sorry. I'm trying to think. Do you have one? While yes, I, I do. Give it a sec. I certainly do. What do you got? I think it's going to Oppenheimer also, mm-hmm. but I think it should go to Poor Things. Yeah. Actually, it probably should go to Poor Things, to be honest. Uh, that's what I'm feeling. Yeah. I mean, but it may shock you. It may, there might be a toss up. They may feel guilty and it might go to, it might go to Barbie, but I, they they might, cause they, they're, they're shame. They're, they're in a bit of shame. Yeah, too. but they're shame, but they don't, they don't react to their shame. Cause Oscar's still so white and it's whatever. And, and yes, we've got a considerable amount of people nominated of color. You got Lily, who is a native yes. woman. Um, and then you've got um, Coleman, Sterling K. Brown. It was Sterling K. Brown. You've got you've got American Fiction. You've got 
Um, yep. the, uh, there are a few are, things in there. These are all people. Yeah, America Ferrera mm-hmm. for Barbie. So, um, and Divine Joy Randolph. Yes. Good shout out to her. Shout out to way. her. I did not see Holdovers. It's next on the list. And it's streaming. You can watch it. Here. It's streaming. You can watch it really easy on what Peacock, I think. Yeah. I think it's Peacock. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of these are also very accessible, by the way. Yes. Shit is on Apple TV. Shit is on, um, I think um, Oppenheimer's on two streaming services now. Yeah. So, you know. Barbie's on Max. Barbie's on Max. You can Max. see all these things mostly. Yeah, it's 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 super duper accessible. And if not, like some of the foreign uh, nominated films, like The Zone of Interest and Anatomy of a Fall, is rentable. Yeah. And affordable. Yeah. And so is uh, Flower Moon. Because I don't think... Is Flower Moon on Apple yet? It is on Apple. It's on Apple now? Yeah. Because that was a holdout for a minute. But the holdout there. on Apple is Napoleon right now. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. But um, it's available. Which did not get nominated. Nope. And Maestro is on Netflix. Yes. Um, Past Lives is also a foreign film. That's also rentable. Yeah. And a handful of these are still in theaters. So... Yeah. However you want to see it, highly recommend you see poor things in the movies. Yes, please go see that in the movies. In the movies. You it's, need it, it on that big it, scale. It, it's, such, it's such a massive scale film. It needs it deserves to be seen in a large <laughs> in a large space. Absolutely. And, and maybe kill killers of flower moon, see it at home with a good pillow. So you can cry into it. <laughs> and, and have a good bourbon or uh wine yes. or in something that suits your soul. Right. It's a good a, beer too. A good, a good beer. beer, a good beer. Because we've we've talked about it and it's um it's a hard <laughs> movie to take, but it's so necessary. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so that's industry news. And yes. before we go on to the reviews, just want to impart with you a little bit of movie trivia. Please, let's share with us. Have we ever noticed that Oscar, aka Will, <laughs> stands erect like a soldier holding a massive crusader's sword? Yes, he does. Where does the sword come from? And why is it there? So we did some Googling. And it turns out that Gibbons designed this statue with the help of Fernandez's help. I'm assuming those are the two people who created it. Creating a knight standing on a film reel. Who knew that? That little base he's standing on is a film reel. Very interesting. Yep. Um, holding a crusader sword, which was meant to represent a crusader of the industry. Nice. Interesting. Hold that in your cap because yep. that is a trivia question if I ever heard. Yeah, this one. And here's number two. The statue was then sculpted by Stanley and remained the same for 94 years. Wow, it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. So that's wow. two two Oscar trivia questions you can throw in on trivia night. There you go. There you go, folks. That's All a good one. That's a good that's one. A good one because nobody would guess that. No one guessed that. We were like, oh yeah, what's the sword for? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so I'm glad I'm glad we looked that up. But yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on. Are we ready for these movies? <laughs> yes, we are ready for these Strap movies. Strap in. We got a few. <laughs> we know we know you missed that, so we 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 loaded it up yeah, for you. Yeah, it's gonna be special for you. So let's start with American fiction. American fiction. A novelist who's fed up with the established profiting from black entertainment uses a pen name to write a book. That propels him into the heart of the hypocrisy and madness he claims to disdain. Directed by first-time director Cord Jefferson. Wow. Uh, starring all our faves: Jeffrey Wright, Tracy Allen Ross, uh, 
Tracy look, Ellis Ross. I'm sorry, Tracy Ellis Ross. My apologies. Mm-hmm. John Ortiz, Erica Alexander, Leslie Uggams, uh, Keith David, Issa Rae, and Sterling K. Brown. Yes. There's so many more, but that's the top. That's it. <laughs> that's the top handful, I think. <laughs> Deserve that part. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to let you start this one off. American fiction. Look at what they published. Look at what they expect us to write. I just want to rub their noses in it. <laughs> Jeffrey Wright, phenomenal. Phenomenal. That's all I can say. Phenomenal. He, 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 he's a scene stealer. Anytime he's in a room, anytime he's in yeah, a scene, definitely. you're going to look at him. You're going to listen to his words. His, the way he delivers his monologue, the way he, he emotes the character. Cause he, you know, you might not know exactly who Monk is, but by the time all he really has to do is walk into the room yeah. and you start to figure out what, what is it about this man? Like you pointed out, we Tawana and I had a conversation earlier this morning mm-hmm. and she talked about some things about the character that didn't necessarily click with me at the first time. Mm-hmm. But as I think about it, mm-hmm. there was something, his performance was subtle. Very subtle. In a way where you you saw that he was kind of disconnected from, from life in many ways mm-hmm. and he... You know, he felt a certain kind of way. And yes, he was dealing with some family trauma, but he also was in his in his own kind of space. Yeah, I, said, I felt like he was in a state of a depression. Mm-hmm. Maybe not clinical, but definitely he was in a state of depression and uh, with really no way of finding out right. how right. to get out of that. Right. And so the film, the film to me, it, it touched on so many layers. Yes, it has a lot to do with you know, the hypocrisies and, and the way the culture is and the way the publishing industry is about blacks in, in, in media and how we're portrayed and how how there are certain expectations of our betrayal that may not necessarily be true. Yeah. But they're definitely there definitely is something out there. And we see it every day. It's, mm-hmm. we're, we're still seeing this. We still see it. We see it in, in, in television. We see it in movies. We obviously see it in literature. So I think that it was cool that it tapped into that, but that's also a story that we're all very familiar with. Mm-hmm. But what I liked about this movie was the real core of this piece was, to me, the family dynamic and the and the storytelling around the family. Because mm-hmm. very rarely do you get to see a black family with older members in a black family. Like, you know, the, the mo- mother was older, the siblings were older. Mm-hmm. You know, they were in a different space in their life. They were very mature. They made some some choices in their maturity. You know, you saw you saw a little romance. You saw caregivers. You know, and people taking care of older family members. You saw the dynamic yeah. of siblings, older siblings. You're not yeah. teens. You know, we you didn't have to see a teen story. We saw no. grown people doing grown people things. Yeah, this was a mature, a and, mature film, and it was it was cool to watch that. You know, yeah. I think that. And and to be see it represented in black people, mm-hmm. they they really were cool about it. And they got they they hit the marks yeah. in all the right places, and it wasn't it wasn't stereotypical. Yeah, you know, in in the representation of that. Yeah, and I thought that was cool, and they were, and it was kind of honest, and you know, <laughs> it was also funny. Yeah, I thought it, it I thought it was moments. it was funny. Mm-hmm. It was insightful. Right. Um. It was important without being self-important. Right. Um, I think for a first-time director, he did a pretty good job. It was a bit of a biting satire. 
Yeah. Um, about you know black identity. Yeah. But it, it it like you said it had a bit of freshness, um, and and a bit of factuality to it that that you don't normally see. Yeah. Uh, in films these days, you know, I, I thought of course, Jeffrey super super duper spotlight. Um, yeah. he he was where he belonged in this film. Yeah. Um, and I think they worked that out well, but I think there's important, like you were saying, I think that there is an important conversation about black identity and black family. Mm-hmm. And I'll go even step further and say white expectations, but yes. made with wits, humor and, and, and soul. It wasn't just flaccid. It was, it was, it had more depth to it than we thought it would. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel as if. The 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 part about the white expectations is they 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 wanted they never wanted to sell the soul of a book or a piece of art, but instead they uh, or of the people mm-hmm. so they want they never want to sell anything about the soul of the people. They were just looking for the shadow of them, right? Mm-hmm. The the stereotypes, um, the salaciousness, the salaciousness about it, right. and so therein lied the problem and therein lied the satire how they were sort of making fun of them right in those regards like you know oh i've never you know it 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 felt to me like who they were making fun of was not white people as a whole but those who are in the industry who quite clearly don't have any true representation of friends who are of color right and so Whatever is given to them, they take in as truth and are like, oh, yeah, so you mm-hmm. you want to do this? You right. <laughs> do rag in a T-shirt? Yeah, that works. And right. a beater? Oh, my God. It's so deep. It's so deep. Right. So of course, deep. he's a drug but, dealer. Right. Of course, he's a right. drug dealer. Oh, my God. It's, it's so touching and it's so deep that he had to struggle. Right. But it's like, you know, and then Jeffrey Wright's character is basically like, you know, Regular people with regular jobs struggle. Right. You know, you know, I don't have to be on drugs and I came from a full family. So right. like professionals and everything. So we're, we're fine, but struggle <laughs> is still realistic for us as well. Like it is for you. We don't right. have to all suffer. This is not, um, and respect to that. And, but it's not coldest winter ever, you know, and right. not everyone's life is that. Right. Um, and so. It was nice that they were trying to set apart those things. And I think there were some really interesting um, character structure moments with Sterling K. Brown's character, um, with Tracy Ellis Ross's character. I liked her character um, a lot. With the housekeeper's character. Very cool. Um, I think her name was Lorraine. Yeah. Um, We even got a little bit into her life. So that that was nice. Her name was Lorraine, Lorraine, played by uh, Myra Lucretia Taylor. Wow, we've seen her before. Yeah, we have. Um, we have. So it was really interesting. We got to we got to see like neighbors, friends. Erica Alexander was Erica Alexander was just a surprise. I did not know she was honestly did not know she was in this for some reason. Even though you sent me the clip, I was like, where does she fit into this? Oh yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh okay, you and know. it was such a it was such a joyous time with her, yeah, and 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 in in the film, and and I just you know, even John Ortiz, the 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 book 
yes, he was his agent. Yeah, his the book agent. agent. Yeah, it was such. A, I mean, one he's one he's a great character actor. He's yeah. been around forever. So is Jeffrey. And and you know, it's good to see that kind of talent. Yes, and, um, because they just they know how to work a scene. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. And you you get it. And uh, but. I, when I, when I was watching it, and I told someone about this, when I was watching, it, I was in a, a room of other people, mm-hmm. and they were getting the jokes, and they were getting the jokes about them, and I I was feeling a certain kind of way about it because I almost felt like so you get it, so you just do this anyway, right. you continue this behavior toward people of color and black people especially, and you know you know you're wrong, right. you know it's funny to you right now, but. It's not really funny. Right. You know what I mean? But it, it was kind of making me feel a certain kind of way. And other people in my job were talking about, oh, you need to go see it. Da, 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 da. And I said, yeah, yeah. And it took me a lot to see it. And I finally got to see it. Yeah. But and it was it was great. And I think that, you know, we need to have more of these kind of conversations. <laughs> but I, I just. It's just nice to see a slice of life of, of black life that is not just the same old thing. earmarked by trauma yeah. i am over the trauma yeah i am not with the trauma porn yeah i am, I am I not agree. with it like even this you know what what's her face has a new movie that thousand lives thousand um taylor she has oh tiana tiana taylor tiana taylor i don't want to see that I'm not saying it's Where a bad movie. That, that young mother. I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. But for me, it feels like losing Isaiah. I'm just like, I don't want to see it. And that, I'm sorry. No offense. I will watch it eventually. But I, I can't keep watching these movies because they feel, con- they feel, they contrived, feel like contrived mm-hmm. the same old tropes. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> I feel like I grew up between good times and the Cosby show. But yeah. but the thing is, is like I can relate to both sides of the story, but I love to see other stories. Right. Like Love Jones. Like right. um Jason's lyric. Totally two separate love stories. Great. Mm-hmm. Poetic justice. Like these yeah. are all different types of love stories that are different and yet all those Good. things, yeah. You know what I mean? And there there were just so many different types of stories you can tell. And I, you know, I do appreciate that they tried to tell this one. I will say this, though. Yeah. First time director, I'm going to give you a break. The wrap-up was a bit contrived for me. Yeah, I didn't like the wrap-up. I don't want to say it felt lazy, but it felt lackluster to me. Um, yeah. I just thought, after all the work that was done in the film, it it felt like he just submitted and he was like, all right, well, it is what it is. And that's not really what I wanted for him as he was pushing so hard for this. Oh, you mean the character? For, for, for this duality of self, shall mm-hmm. we say, throughout right. the the character of Monk, played by Jeffrey Wright. But it just we needed more. And I thought that I wanted more from Tracy Ellis Ross's character as the sister. Yes. Um, Lisa? I want more Lisa. Um, yeah, we definitely needed more we Lisa. We definitely needed more Lisa. We're not going to give away anything, but we needed more Lisa. And I think we needed more Agnes, more Leslie Uggams. Yes. Oh, my um, God. 
we her needed more of her too. Alone were worth a million dollars, right? And, and, I, and the I, way they would come at you, yes, for sure, <laughs> for sure. And they were funny, and everybody knows that that type of woman. Yes, and even Lorraine, sweet Lorraine. I mean, I just think that um, I know this is a film, and I know sometimes it's hard to put a lot in, and maybe. In the director's mind, and this is based off a book, I think. Yeah, it's based off a book. Um, I think they were trying to get the nuance of the book, which was probably focused on the character of Monk. But um, as full as this was, it, we we could have had a tiny bit more. You know, this was like cherry yeah. pie. I would have liked the ice cream on top. Okay. That's the analogy I'm using. Okay. So for this, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give this a solid... I'm going to give it a four and a half. You know why I'm giving it a four and a half? Because I really want to give it a four, but I'm giving it an extra five because of the actors. Okay, you're giving it an extra half because of the actors. Yes. Okay. I really want to give it a four because of the 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 things I just said, the ending and the, the, the missing nuances of those characters. And maybe that's what happened in the book, but I think there still was a little more left on the floor for those guys. But anyway, four and a half, highly recommend it. Go see it. It's playing. Listen, this bursting onto the scene after they got them nods because it was hard to find before that. Yeah, once Jeffrey got his nomination and, and Sterling, then Sterling K. And then that best picture. Yeah. You find it every fucking where now. Yeah, it's everywhere. So, yeah, please go see it. Go Check see it out. It. Also, I'm it's gonna, Black History Month. Can yeah. we absolutely support black films? Yeah, I'm going to give it a four and a half, too, just for the, all those reasons because I, I agree with you on that. And it can't get a five just because I wanted something else to happen at the end. But it's fine. Right, exactly. That's it's what I'm fine. saying. It can't get a five because I wanted something else to happen at the end. And I think that um, this guy, uh, Core Jefferson, is also a writer. You know, he wrote for uh, Watchmen. He wrote for um, he wrote for Master of None, which I think is a great show. Highly recommend this show on fucking Netflix. And that very last season where... Um, Lena Waithe. Lena Waithe. Thank you. Damn, they would have kicked me out. Thanksgiving episode. They'd have kicked me out the community. With um, Angela Bassett. Yes, amazing. She had the entire season, and it was great. Highly recommended. But what I'm saying to you is, he's a writer, and so maybe there were a lot of things he wanted to put in that he really realized that he couldn't as a first time director. So looking forward to see more things from Core Jefferson. Yes, there will be more from him because yeah, um, the film had great pacing. It was shot yeah. really well. It great was, pacing, it was shot a well. Strong story, strong casted. Yeah, so fantastic. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, sir. Yes, Congratulations! Yes, yes. Please go see this. Let's talk about another. Let's move on. Actor turned director in the film Maestro. I love people so much that it. It's hard for me to be alone. That music, it keeps me glued to life. I don't even know how much you need me to. I might. If summer doesn't sing anymore, then nothing sings anymore. And if nothing sings in you, then you can't make music. Okay, yeah, maestro. Mr. Bradley Cooper. Mr. Bradley Cooper. First of all, Bradley Cooper, he's going to have quite a career. 
uh, quite a career because um, acting, he's fantastic as an actor, but he's better as a director. He's going to make so many more movies. Yeah, I saw that in Star is Born. He's yeah. definitely going to make it. Star is Born was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And his acting at the same time, like, okay, I don't think every, I don't think maybe know what this takes, but to act in your own film is a tremendous amount of work because you are the boss of the set. You are in charge of every nuance that rolls out of the set. And yet you are also in charge of your role and then acting in the scene. Like when you're acting in a scene, you think, okay, I'm doing my job. I'm bouncing off this other actor, energies, dialogue, and then boom, we look for the act, we look for the director for a validation. Yeah, there could have been action and all these other things going on too. Right. So I can only imagine how I hard can, that would be. So tremendously hard. And sometimes when people say, you know, actors that that also direct, it, it, well, really they do the other way around. Directors that act is egotistical. Actors that direct is artistic. But that's a hard job to have. Mm-hmm. So bravo to you, Mr. Cooper, for yeah. even making another good film with tons of complexity. Yes. So the synopsis is Maestro. This love story chronicles the long relationship of conductor slash composer Leonard Bernstein and actress Felicity Montalegra Cohen Bernstein. Bernstein. Woo, she had a long name. Yes, she had a lot of names. I didn't realize she had so many names. Starring... The incomparable Miss Carrie Mulligan, who will also have quite a long career. Yes, because she was also in Saltburn. Right. She was in two films for the Oscars. Like, you know, uh, Bradley Cooper, Vincenzo Amato, uh, the very cute and comparable Matt Bomer, and so on and so forth. These were the heavy hitters. There's so much more to to go. For sure. Uh, Should I go first? Yeah, go ahead. All right, Maestro. Hmm. I will. I will start this way. Uh, Oscar-worthy acting, impressive cinematography that just kept engaging the audience at every frame. Um, I think if they were reaching for something more cultural, uh, like like his impact, that was not important. This was, and I've read some reviews that. They thought the flawed version, the flaw, the flaws in this was that they did not um, teach viewers about his cultural impact. But really, this was not about that. No, this was about the man himself yes. and the complexity of his life and how he was living. This is no secret. Late in life, um, Leonard Bernstein came out um, as a gay man and thus lived his life in sort of a very um, dualistic way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Shall we say that? Um, yeah, for sure. And yet I, I feel like as if the imagery almost portrays that too. Because yeah, we have dual, we have a dual life in this film. It does. For one, we exist in a four by three frame for majority of this film. 4.3 aspect ratio is what we used to have these these old folks of us 
<laughs> when we had regular square TVs, right. that was called 4.3 ratio. Yep. And when you would go to the films, you would see aspect ratios much grander, which creates these big screens. Yeah, these wider screens. Which now we have in our living rooms called televisions. Mm-hmm. Flat <laughs> these screen big, giant flat screen TVs mm-hmm. are now the newer aspect ratio of 1980 that's a good way um, of thinking about it yes and thus what you see at home is what you see in the movies it's shaped similarly in these rectangular long shapes mm-hmm. okay and so now when you watch this um it, it gets fractured in a little bit and that's because one we're talking about the past so cinematography lesson here guys storytelling lesson we're looking at the past when you ever look at the past, things have to change. So they gave us this 4.3 structure. They also gave us black and white imagery, which unbeknownst to people who live in a colorized world is amazing and can do so many things in such a vast way. Um, but Bradley shoots this remarkably. I mean, start the opening scene, which is this, Tremendous black screen with this thin little ribbon stretching down from the right hand side of the screen and bouncing over to the left in these little ridges on the bottom. And a phone rings and a man answers and a conversation ensues. But all you can see is this ribbon of light and you are enthralled by this ribbon of light and this conversation that seems like exciting and intriguing because you don't know what's going on. And suddenly the phone gets hung up and the curtain is pulled. You realize that's a giant curtain. It's pulled back and you see all this light flood the room and it's Bradley Cooper jumping up and down, celebrating an event that has just occurred. And as he rushes down, we follow him all the way down to this little pit and he stops at this grand uh, balcony and the camera pulls back from the front of his face all the way back to he's a tiny little ant and we realize we're in a giant orchestra orchestra hall mm-hmm. fantastic opening it was opera hall yeah it was it's opera cool. hall thank mm-hmm. you so yeah this is just a, a a minuscule amount of what he did with the film there is also another scene in which when bradley meets when um i should say i should say lenny when mm-hmm. lenny meets felicia his wife yeah his future wife they're both young. Um, she's a young actress. He's a young composer. Um, what they say composer and uh, conductor, but he's still very much just a young composer. Mm-hmm. Um, brand new conductor. And they're having these conversations at this grand party that seems like a lot of fun. Everybody's smoking. First of all, if smoking offends you, don't watch this. Yeah, there's a there's a smoke a cigarette in every frame. In every frame, um, <laughs> in literally every frame. Somebody's got a cigarette. Smoking. I really hope they were smoking fake cigarettes because no, they, they were. had to be sick. They were. They, they were. <laughs> um. Yes. Huge lavish party. Bunch of friends just kiki laughing it up, joking around. Everyone's drinking, smoking, having a good time. There's all these songs being played because we're assuming this is a room full of artists. Musicians, actors, writers, uh, painters, the like. And there's this one scene where they are, Felicia and Lenny, are having this conversation in front of a window pane. And the window, they seem to be outside. And now they're outside and they're smoking. Now they're situated in this darkness, in the foreground, which is sitting right in front of your face. And then behind them is this little window pane. almost looks like a pass-through, but it's a window pane. And then the light is radiating from the window 
into the element of smoke as it rises through the frame. And they're continually talking and they've got this sort of rhythmic uh, 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 vibe to them. They're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then suddenly, boom, someone hits the glass. And then they're talking. Now we've got foreground, middle ground, background, elements of smoke. Mind-blowing if you are a filmmaker. Mind-blowing if you are a photographer. And just as a voyeur, as a viewer, because we are essentially a voyeur in the scene, but just as a viewer, you are taken in. And that is the magic of film. Yeah, and you know my favorite. That was a good. That you're right. That was a very good scene, and the layering of it layering. made it so strong. Four different, four different fields of space: yeah. foreground, middle ground, background. Plus, on the other side of the fucking window pane is another group of people. Right. The iteration for me was how their their young romance unfolded in mm-hmm. the form of a Broadway musical. Yes, there's also that, and that was absolutely fantastic to me. It was almost like. If anybody's familiar with Guys and Dolls, the the, the musical, yes, yes, it really played out like that in their in the, in their young romance, and it kind of if you really think about what you saw in the in the element of that sequence, mm-hmm. you saw literally every part of their life. You saw yeah. him, you saw him with her, you saw him with other men, mm-hmm. you saw the, it, it, you saw it was just a very the beauty of how they did it. Yes, and I have to give because. You know, and, and Tawana, you've shot shot dance sequences before. Yeah. It's very hard to shoot dance yeah. in a way that you capture not only movement, but that energy around the movement. Absolutely. And what it means mm-hmm. and, and how body parts move. Yeah. You know, and eye, eye gestures are made yeah. and facial expressions. The way they caught all of that and, yeah. and made it, it told a story. Yeah. In, well... And the, I was just like, wow. The genius of that is the cinematographer is Matthew Labatique. Oh, there we which go. Which is one of my absolute favorite cinematographers. He's a young guy, but also Matthew, as you talk about dance, did also Black Swan. Mm. He did Pie. He did Requiem for okay, a Dream. And why. he did A Star is Born. That's why. And a number of other films. Mm-hmm. But this will help your your, he your understands the staging. whale. You yeah. know, he understands staging and 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 he understands staging for film. Staging Broadway for film. Right. So, you know. Yeah, for sure. And it just, it 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 elevated the, the film to a, a, a different place because it also gave you a perspective on how Lenny's mind worked. Yeah. You know, and, and as a creator, you know, so it was just like, okay, I get it. And then it, you know, it said something about their romance and it was, it was lighthearted. Yes. And, you know, since he wrote, you know, he composed West Side Story. Throughout the whole film, there were mm-hmm. little elements of the music of West Side Story. Yes. And it was just done so well. And, and I was just like, I, I have to give Bradley kudos. But I'm going to tell you, Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, is, she's she's one of my fast favorites. She, Kelly, Carrie Mulligan. I, she is a chameleon. First of all, she can she play is totally a chameleon. Any woman, she can play any woman. You know, she's the young uh, Meryl Streep. She can play any woman, yeah. and she brings so much complexity, so much depth I mean, to it, so much beauty. I mean, mm-hmm. she was in beautiful films like Drive or Suffragette or yeah. Never Let Me Go or Shame. Yes, like 
you know, she's in Saltburn and she's almost unrecognizable. Yes, totally different kind of character. As I'm watching her in Saltburn and I'm saying, Devon, I know this woman. Right, and you kept saying, I was like, Tawana, that's Carrie Mulligan. <laughs> and she's like, what? And, uh, I was like, look at her, that's Carrie Mulligan. Right, and then she's in Promising Young Woman. Yes. Like, she's in so many... So and many wasn't really she good. fantastic in that? She was really good in that. So that's what I'm saying. She has the ability. I mean, when the camera's on her, that that tight close up, she gives you so much performance in her she, eyes. She's just a fantastic character. In the way she delivers her dialogue, yeah. you feel you you can go from feeling happiness and love to hurt and pain mm-hmm. in a matter of seconds. Just she's, she's very good in, in how in she all delivers that she does. it. And I was like, okay, she's 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 the woman of the year. She's the woman of the year right now with that. So. Go yeah, ahead, and she's been it. in two films, right? And um, that essentially are Oscar nominated. I mean, yes, for Maestro and Saltburn missed its shot, but I mean, definitely could have been Oscar nominated. Yeah, as they well. got nominated for like you know Golden Globes and stuff. But yeah, it, it just it just speaks to the fact that there's a lot of talent and 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 how the director was able to let her shine as an actress mm-hmm. because she had her great moments on the screen as you know as the character was going through some health challenges. She those performances were great. I mean, essentially, you know, Bradley said, this is what we're going to do. He sat with Matthew Labatique, the cinematographer, once again, and they mapped out this film so well, almost like a Hitchcockian film where Hitchcock would map out piece by piece by shot by shot. And this way he was able to act with impunity, like openly and freely because he's like, no, Matthew's got it. You know, right. and I'm sure he worked with his ads. Oh yeah, um, and he was like, "Okay, we're good." And there has to be a level of trust with that. There is a level of trust, especially with that cinematographer, mm-hmm. because you are not watching those monitors while mm-hmm. while your performance is going on. You can't. You can't. There's no way you can. No. And he, he had to emote so much, so much energy and emotion in in most of his performance. When he when he was on the screen, right, there was some emotional factors going on all the time. Right. So there is no way you can tell me he can just go, oh, one, one second cut, and yeah. I'm gonna jump back and I'm gonna look at no, you can't do it. You Plus, have to trust to that mention, your people are gonna guide you. He's wearing prosthetics. Yes. He's 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 aging throughout this film. Right. And there are massive moments when he's like when he's conducting Yes. It is visceral. And he trained himself to conduct too, by the way. Yes. And then at one point, he switches to color when they're older. Mm-hmm. It just gets better and better. And it and we switch from 4.3 and it just right. gets better and better and better. And and interesting how their um relationship unfolds as his career does as well. Yeah, it did. So it did. And so I think that it's one of those films, you know, that sure, you're not going to get every little historical aspect of, you know, Leonard Bernstein's life. You're not going to get that. That's not what this film is That's about. That's not what this is if about. If you want to see that, you this need to watch a, it as, as a documentary. The love story between, between Felicia and, and Lenny. Right. That's yeah. it. That's, that's what this is. This is a slice. This is a slice of life. Actually. This is a slice of life and tremendously done. Yeah. And, uh, I give this five stars, full yeah, five stars. This gets a five. Um, I don't think it's in the theaters, but it's certainly on Netflix. Yeah, just watch it on Netflix. It is there. Watch it. If you need something to watch, watch it. If yeah. you just want, you know. And watch it undisturbed. Don't, this yeah. is not a walk in and out of the room. First of all, no, no films are walking in and out of the room. If you're doing that, you're not absorbing. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm preaching to you and I'm chastising a little. <laughs> put you your were phone supposed down. to sit down, put your phone down and absorb this film 
in its totality. If nothing else, this is Oscar season. Pay your respects to these films because <laughs> they've worked very hard, blood, sweat, and motherfucking tears and to get this out. Tawada will tell you, when I watch a movie, I am very quiet watching a movie. I, I really, unless something really strikes me and I just have to laugh about something crazy that happened on the screen mm. or if something just really caught my attention, I'm usually very quiet. I'm just kind of listening and yeah. watching because I want to absorb everything that's going on right. and these kind of movies you could i'm very much no bathroom break type of yeah, girl like get your it. snacks here i was mad when I, you know i'd be mad when i gotta go to the bathroom oh, i'd be so upset i'd be so upset i'd be holding it <laughs> i'd be like no i'm not drinking i'm eating this popcorn that that's it right that's because it. that's all that's all i can get that is it because you don't want to disturb the film yeah so you know like i said this is one of those ones you want to and plus you know, because I have respect for Bradley Bradley as a as a director yeah. now and as an actor, I wanted to see what he was going to do because I I watched that and you know I think that it's it's important just to do that. Mm-hmm. But this is one of those ones I think you need to see. And as we we roll into poor things, yes, it was just so beautifully done. Poor and I think so this is such a nice. Um, they had such nice black and white segment, segment, segment. Oh, I'm sorry, what? I don't know, child. My body's trying to tell me something. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I, I have no idea. All right, film fans, but that's another kind of film. <laughs> that's a TMI. But it works well for what we're rolling into, yes. Yes, which does. is the black and white from here into the sexual nature of yes. poor things. Yes. Okay, so poor, poor things. things. She's an experiment. Good evening. Her brain and her body are not quite synchronized. But she is progressing at an accelerated pace. Directed by, oh, I'm going to mess up his name. Yeah, we'll put that in the notes. I'm I'm so sorry. Here we go. You ready? I'm going to try real hard. Yorgos Lanthimos. Lanthimos? Greek. Sure. There's some consonants I'm probably not pronouncing. It's okay. He's great. He's great. He's, he's good. And uh, <laughs> starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, Willem Dafoe, and the like, because there are so many people. Oh, Rami Youssef. Yeah, Rami got to give shout. I got to give Rami that. And the like. There's so many people <sighs> in this movie. Uh, this is about the incredible tale about a fantastic evolution of Bella Baxter, a young woman. Brought to life by the brilliant and unorthodox scientist, Dr. Goodwin Baxter, a.k.a. God. Yeah. When you watch this movie, you will understand. (laughs) That is a little misnomer for him called God. (laughs) Um, God, where to begin? I'll I'll begin this way. I 100% was not watching this movie. You sure were not. I this, kept talking about it. You kept like, nah, I'm not, I was like, that's not I'm not watching this. I have a thing about certain films. Um, well, I feel like when a film feels like... Um, Wes Anderson. I wasn't going to say his name, but sure, Wes Anderson. When films feel like Wes Anderson films, well, I feel like Wes Anderson films are like an uh, inside joke. It's like watching Jimmy Fallon. I feel like you telling jokes that I'm not in on. You know, I don't know the backstory. You know, so I just feel like this. I thought this was what it was. And I didn't even check to see who the director was. I just was like, I love Emma Stone and Mark Ruffalo. But I was like, and Willem Dafoe. But I was like, Ugh, 
No, this seems like that. And yes, I judged it harshly and, and I'm human and I'm known to do that sometimes. But are, if you are a real fan of this show, six years deep, our day one, day one, Alex the Kiwi yes, you Campbell mm-hmm. came into town and we had nice drinks and dinner and he picked the film. And I knew this motherfucker was going to pick this film. Yes. And he, because he always picked a film that was like this. And we would be like, why don't you watch that and give a review? And we'll watch some other ones. And then we'll have a nice, you know. And true to form. True to form. We went to see it. I was like, all right, I'll go see it. I never knew how much I needed this film. And I wanted to see it. And I was like, thank God Alex picked I was so excited when he picked it because I wanted to see it. But yes. I knew Tawana wouldn't see it with me. Yeah. But I No, said, I would have seen it with you. I would never see this by myself. But she was just like, I don't know. And I, you, know, you <laughs> just kept being a naysayer. I was like, oh. And I was like, all yeah, right. But I bought the tickets. I did not refuse because Alex wanted to see it. And that's my boy. And so I was like, we got to see this film. And it was such an experience. It was su- it was an it was such a bizarre experience, but I really liked it. Yes. You know, I really liked it. I think to say it this way was Poor Things is a weird, wild ride. Yes. A good time and Emma Stone is at the helm and is amazing at it. That is one of the best way to say it. Just yes. just be prepared for the adult nature of the film. Yes. And some elements may offend some viewers, but go for the fucking ride. Oh god. Just take it. Just take it just because take it. you know, it was wildly imaginative. Yes, um it was. it was just so over the top. I mean, essentially, this is a feministic tale of a female Frankenstein. Who learns to be a real girl? Yeah. That's the premise of this movie. High points, high, high points to Mark Ruffalo. Yes, yes, And yes. Willem Dafoe. Yes, yes, for yes. For their outrageous performances. And, and, and. Um, and outrageous in a good way. And Rami. And, and Rami. And Rami, because he was amazing to me. He was good, but they were outrageous. Mm-hmm. He was 500. They were 1,002. <laughs> and and all of the two and all of the two and she was five thousand yes yes <laughs> she was emma five thousand yes she was <laughs> i i have to say to me this movie was this movie was now this is how i like in the movie this was frankenstein yes the island of dr moreau yes um And Tawana loved it so much, the music had to play about it. You're supposed to ignore that. We got it. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> it was, it was, and it made me lose the other movie. It was, it was another movie. Um, but, and Brazil. I don't know if you ever saw Brazil where it had all these things happening and it was a very visual experience from yeah. the 80s. Yeah. Very much that kind of thing. Yeah. But the, and you're going to, I know you're going to dig into the cinematography. Yeah. But the way they use the camera and the the lenses that they chose, so so many there was there was such a fisheye vent lens yeah. to it. Um, uh, oh, we forgot this part in 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 Maestro, but it had this sort of voyeuristic lens yeah. to it. Yeah, uh, Maestro had that similarly. Um, it had a theatrical feel to it. Yes, because the sets the felt s- very. It was real time and then it was like weirdly on a set you didn't know where you were it was it was and then they had these chapters right 
in it. And the chapters were like, if you see this on your television set versus the versus the theater, you could pause the chapter and look at all the things that are happening in the fucking chapter. In that little chapter that frame. That little chapter frame was amazing. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like, I could not stop saying this is so beautiful. And you know how we watch when we watch American Horror Story and we go, we get, we get so we geeked get into out the detail. over yeah, the title sequence. I'm geeked out about this film. In the, the way they did the chapter sequences in this film. Brilliant. That was a that was a study right there. That like, was a study who, on its own. Who came up with that? Who came up with that? You know what I mean. And so, and I just and and Emma Stone, the way she first of all, <laughs> I know Emma Stone could do all this. She I think of devil. Emma Stone as this funny, cool girl who's very smart and always on her shit. But um, you you love her. And I can see people loving to hate her because she's that yeah. type of sarcastic girl. Yeah. But this, this, this I didn't know Emma had in her. And she, it's brilliant. And it set her on a course yeah. for so much more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because this is not easy A. No, it's this, not. This is, this is so. She had to, this was not a performance that you phoned in. No. Not by any of them. Not by any of them. And by all means, I thought she was great in easy A. But this is not that Emma. No, no. no. And, and, and. Just the 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 depth of the story and, and the idea that yeah you know someone has gone from being essentially a baby in, into maturing as an adult right and what she you was learned, an adult baby right and what you learn in that process it right. kind of spoke to a lot of things about life and a lot of things about learning and how she had to learn and and how she had to deal with how people treated women. Right. In the culture. Well, that's what makes it feministic is you because know. then there's this trajectory she goes on to f- being a real girl, like yeah. Pinocchio in a yeah. sense. Yeah, and, uh, and Pinocchio, but exactly. But then the way things transpire, I wonder if this Yorgos is the director. I, Yorgos is a Greek man mm-hmm. um, from Athens. Yes. And I wonder if, the, and he studied film in Greece. So I wonder if this is the way they taught them in a sense, like- learning film outside of America is a cinematic wonderland. France has a different way. Japan has a different way. China has a different way. Germany has a different way. Greece has a different way. Um, England, Africa has a different way. Name any continent Mm -hmm. you can. They all have different ways of doing it because one, they're culturally based. And then two, they have their own way of being cinematic Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and doing cinematography. Um, yeah. And so, like, if you want a pref- like a, 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 a an artistic note for what his films look like, he did the lobster. He did the killing of a sacred deer. Mm. Oh yeah. boy, from Saltburns in that. That speaks um, to that. That speaks to that. You know, and then Dog Tooth. So you know, these are just some some of his top credits for what he's done. Oh, the favorite. He did the favorite. Yes. Which was great with um Oh my god, that was good. Um 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 we reviews that. We reviewed that yep. with um 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 I can't remember her name. Thank you. Olivia Coleman was Thank one you. of them. Thank you. Well, Olivia Coleman and um Rachel Weiss yep. and Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. And see and I'm going to tell you, he's already signed. He and Emma are going to be working together again. Well, that was their second film. They've already if not signed third. another deal to work together again in another project because she's basically becoming his muse. And well, yeah. Well, it, I mean, she was really good in in The Favorite. Yeah. And so I, what I think Which of, was also 
very much like poor things. Mm-hmm. A very odd world. Because he created a world that we were we were captured by. You were captured out of this world. You could you, not move. But you were stuck in this world. You could not move. But I'm telling was, you, there was nobody moving. It's kind of like getting stuck. Uh, in my mind, I don't eat pudding, but it's like getting stuck in a quicksand of pudding. pudding. But pudding is warm and probably comforting on your legs. So you're not going to leave. But if you move too quick, you sink deeper. So I feel like this is his films. You can't move too swift. You got to carefully climb your way out of them because he encapsulates you in this world of imagination yeah because it was it felt it felt like what film is supposed to feel like it felt like he was taking you on a ride it's on a ride and you were going on an adventure You're you were on going an adventure. you were going into a new place new place whether you wanted or not this, this is not the reality that you know no you walked in one way you walked out a whole nother way because <laughs> we were all it was like five of us and we sitting in the chairs like what in the mind fuck was that <laughs> what but I liked it. <laughs> yes, and I want to see more. Like I feel like I want to watch it again. Yes, you want to see more. And I, I almost don't. I want to see it in the movies, but I also want to see it on my TV so I can pause those chapter scenes. Yeah, yeah. Just and I, I'm, brilliant. I'm just, I have to tell you, and, and 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 I was talking to Alex about it as it was after it was over. We were kind of standing around. I said, "Are you okay?" He's like, "I'm, I'm kind of still processing." I said, "You want to see it again?" He's like, "I don't know if I can see it again." I was like, "It was a lot to processing take in. so much. It was a lot to take in." And, and there was so many people. Like, I was very shocked at Gerard Carmichael. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't he good? Wasn't he, he was good? So good? Yes, he, I was he, just like, he, he's a comedian, and he's really, really talented was, as a comedian. He was. He was. Did he a, come from SNL? Yeah, he's from SNL. He came from SNL. He, he came did, from SNL. He had his own show, and then he came out. He came out like because he's a gay man, so he came out, and, he, and there was a whole thing about that for a minute. And oh, now, I didn't even know that about him. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. He came out, and, and I know he hosted the Golden Globes he last year. He hosted the Golden Globes. That's why he was wearing all them crazy clothes. Yeah, um, because that was not long after he came out, and I guess they were trying to send a message. I don't know, but interesting. But he has a depth to him. Oh, it was so good. That is so interesting. And I was, I just wanted to watch him, and I want to see him do more work like this. I want to see him do more work. That sitcom was cute. Yeah, I want to see, see him do more. I want to see him do stuff like this. I want to see him do stuff like this. Because he there was something very interesting about I would love his, him in a moonlight yeah, and, sort of film or too. In a movie kind of or a show where it's, it's not comedy. It's a mm-hmm. it's a drama. That's what I'm saying to you. Like you a know, moonlight situation. He, there was there was so many things that happened in, in the movie with him. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait, wait. They're having a real Right? I was like, you where know. did you take us? I didn't know I was on this trip for this portion. Right. Um, and that was the thing about this. Yeah. It never stayed in the same place It never twice. stays in the same place. And there's so many crazy motion moments about it. I, I don't I don't know. Uh, so a full five. <laughs> yeah. A full five. This requires repeat watching. Yes. Um, Viewing, whatever. Because I almost feel like we need to go see it again. And I feel and like I need it. to see it, see it again and talk about it. And um, yeah, so good. It was so good. So good in a way. And then the, the crazy thing is I go to work and I have a friend at work, Courtney. Shout out to Courtney if you're listening because I know your husband does. Um, <laughs> she said to me, did you see did you see poor things? And I said, I did. And we both had the same look on our faces. And I was like, it was weird. She was like, but in a good way. Yeah. And I'm like, 
Yes. It was. It, it was, was so my cousin Dana wants surprisingly to see it. good. My cousin Dana wants to see it because she loves the the look. Well, she would it. she would love, first of all, tremendous, tremendous. I didn't even look to see if they got nominated for any of this, but wardrobe and art department costume design. Set direction. Set direction. All of that. All the awards. All of that. I don't think Emma's gonna get this Oscar. But she deserves it. And she already got the Golden Globe and she got the... Um, but Lily also got the Golden Globe. Oh, no, they she got, got it. They got it for two different things. Oh, they split the categories. They split the categories right. in the That's Golden right. Globe. So she's the not going to get it is, this time. She's not going to get it. Lily's going to get that. Lily's going to get it. And Lily deserves she it. Does. Lily Gladstone absolutely 1,000% deserves this award. Yep. But so many people in this category do. Yes, This do. is one of those years. Yeah. Because Emma deserves it too. Oh, my God. <laughs> And and you know I think I'm gonna, I'm I think go, I think Mark that baby Mark Mark needs it <laughs> Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo needs it Willem needs it like I mean Cillian was great but like I feel like you know I want to give it to Coleman Domingo like yes. you know it's yes. just it's that type of season and Cause, so because yes, Coleman embodied uh, please we so we've we need we've all reviewed those. all these films that we are discussing and like definitely. Please, if you haven't already, you deserve this. Yeah. Treat yourself to treat yourself yourself to to these movies. They are fantastic. Will is seeing it today. Yes. So And Will, um, I can't wait to hear your I can't wait to hear Will's review. (laughs) You know, his partner, I don't know if they're gonna like it, but (laughs) Will will enjoy this. (laughs) But so we will see what it will be, but it um it is an interesting season to say the yeah, least. Yeah. This one is a five. I think we're gonna have to watch the Oscars this year because we, yeah, we don't we, always sit and watch them. But I, I think I, we I'm might definitely have to watching this one, and I think you know just high mentions really quickly mm-hmm. to Saltburn. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, absolutely. Would we say Saltburn was emerald? Right. I think. I'm gonna double check, but I think Saltburn is emerald. Ah, uh, yeah, it is. It's. Her name is Emerald Fennel. Mm-hmm. And Emerald Fennel has a tremendous amount of films under her belt that she has already done. Promising Young Woman is one of them. Carrie Mulligan is obviously Mulligan a fan once again. <laughs> of her work, and she's a fan of hers. Um, Barry Cogan, um, Jacob Love Lordy, in, uh, and Rosamund Pike. Love this one. Um, and you know, uh, Jacob Elordi is yes. is the pretty boy from um, yeah from Euphoria. Euphoria. Everybody loves him right now. Love I just this film. Wanted to give a slight little mention to their fucking cinematography oh. and their direction. Uh, I gotta find the cinematographer. But what I will say is, uh, the amount of effort that was put into crafting this work was tremendous. Also, I will note it's Linus Sagrin is mm-hmm. the cinematographer. It was um, beautiful. Linus has done a number of films himself. Babylon. Uh, beautiful. Beautiful. No Time to Die, one of my favorites. La La Land, First Man. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Babylon alone, it don't look up. Babylon and La La Stand, another Emma Stone. Another Emma Stone. So, you know... I will say this. First of all, Saltburn, really quickly. I'm not going to give you a synopsis, but all I'm going to say is amazing cinematography, beautiful shots, fractured images of the self, playing with that shadowy, long, long shadows, fractured faces, 
Why are they using a four by three ratio throughout the entire film to make mm-hmm. you feel claustrophobic? And it fucking works. Intense close-ups, multiple smoke scenes, which also add to it. Uh, scenes lit by neon lights, which are fantastic. This red, this blue, that's amazing. It adds to like a painting. It adds to panicking. It adds to the sexual tension that is unbelievably palpable in this film. Mm-hmm. Piercing eyes of Oliver, played by uh, what's this young man's name? The uh, the 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 the. the Barry Cogan? Yeah, Barry Cogan. Barry Who was Cogan. amazing in the Who's amazing in this film. I love And he's him. amazing in that Killing of a Deer, uh, Yorgos' film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Killing of a Sacred Deer. So I I'm going to watch this man and everything he does now. I'm, I'm obsessed. Well written. I'm obsessed. Better than I thought. And I just realized the director, who the director is when I was watching it, and I enjoy her work immensely. She's a badass sort of feministic sort of woman who spins the camera around on its head. No longer are we objectifying women in her films. We objectify men. So if you want to see men chopped up in all their freaking pieces, amazing. Watch her (laughs) shit. She is a power fucking woman. She's even bigger than old girl from Barbie. It's Greta. Yeah, Greta. Greta. Because she operates on like a 15 scale of like power bitch. (laughs) <laughs> and her films are so fucking pretty. They're like painting canvases. You could freeze frame them and and put them up in your house. Yeah. They're that beautiful. So yeah. I will give high marks to Saltburn, but I will preface this by saying adult themes. Your kids cannot watch it, and even you need a glass of something. And, because and I'ma just tell you woo. this movie hits every nerve of the things I love about movies. But also every nerve that you and, don't want touch. And it is, it is, <laughs> it is fantastic. I've talked about it a thousand times. I've sat with my coworkers and we've talked about it. Also over a and movie. Over. Also a movie I did not want to see. And once again, here she go. I said, Tawana, we need to see this movie. And when I first saw the trailer, I said, oh no, I'm in. I, I said it. He I was in and I was like, no, this I is said, weird. I'm in. I'm in. But, and I didn't even know what it was going to be about because yeah. the trailer really doesn't give you The trailer a doesn't give you this. And neither does Poor Things trailer. Poor Things trailer is deceptive. It does not give you what the film is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, American Fiction too. Yep. So like. Yep. It's so much more than that. I will say I've learned my own lesson that I'm preaching. Yeah. <laughs> Go see shit. Not. Yeah. Don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge a book by its cover to water you yeah, being absolutely. a little bougie. Absolutely. And I apologize. <laughs> And you know, it, you know, some, it's once again, it's choices. But like I said, yes, we have a lot choices. of choices now. And I, I chose to choose them. Yeah, <laughs> you chose to choose them. <laughs> un, un, unwillingly, but I chose them. <laughs> well, you know, it's just uh, one of those things. And like I said, that's what this is all about. You know, yeah. good films, good beer and good bourbon. Yes, absolutely. Well, I mean, this is such a fun episode. And I'm so happy yeah, that you guys it made been it. Fun. Um, but if you like this show. Please be sure to uh, like this episode um, and share and follow on all our social media platforms. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, Spotify, um, SoundCloud where we host. We're also on Pocket Cast and we're going to be on some more stuff. Apple Podcasts. I said Apple. You did, you did. Yeah, yeah, I said Apple. And so like... I'm out of breath because I spoke so much. Um, <laughs> and I'm so excited about these films. You had so much but in the mind about these I movies. I had so much in my mind about these movies. I could talk for hours. But um, 
if you don't mind listening to me ramble on with Ron, with with, with Vaughn all day. See, yeah. I'm my mind. I'm just I can't get the words out. Please make sure to join us on yes. all these areas and come back whenever you're ready. Yes, because we will be here. You have anything to tell us? Hashtag BBM podcast. That's hashtag BBM podcast. We're happy to hear suggestions and comments, even complaints. Don't get crazy. <laughs> but we love you for being here. Yes, we do. This is Beer Bourbon. And the movie. Bye. See you later, y'all. Happy Black History happy Month. Happy Black History Month. Watch some movies. Go see some movies. Drink some booze. All the day. Cheers. That was long, I know, but hour and thirty. Yeah, that's I mean, not bad. I think we had to because we had been we missed around. an episode, so we had to give them like a little bit more. And we went deeper into the movies. This was really deep, yeah. Because Oscars, because you know, you had to talk about all that. There was too much cinematography. Was too much not cinematography. to talk about. I could have gone on so much longer. And-